Hey, it's your host, Mark Santiago, and I'm excited to introduce you to the next level of this podcast, Empowered AF 2.0. 2.0. In this next stage of Empowered AF, we're going to dive deeper into what it means to be an empowered man in his most advanced form. I'm talking healthy communication, healthy lifestyle, both physically and emotionally, and evolving into the man you've always wanted to be. So stick around and join me in this episode of Empowered AF 2.0. All right, all right. Getting started here with our call. It should be a little bit more of an intimate setting. Um, we are purposely do, doing this. Can you hear me? I can hear so, you. Can you hear okay. me? I, I, can, I can hear you. Can you hear me? Amazing. Yes, I, I can hear you. I was just explaining to the guys that uh, uh, if, if you got a camera, we'd love to see you because... Uh, you know, there's nothing like looking at a bunch of black boxes while we're talking to people. Um, it's so much more, I don't know, it's weird. But um, I'm glad you guys are here. We're, we're doing this now only in the 5D Challenge Group. Um, I felt like this would be a, a more intimate setting and and really uh, giving value back to you guys. Um, you know, so we'll, we'll still make this available as part of our production, but you guys are only ones who get to be on live with me. Um, so this is not going to be live anywhere else other than the 5D Challenge Group. So you guys are the only ones with the invite to this. So if you're if you're able to be on camera, that'd be great because um, I'm going to answer probably some of your questions uh, in here. And let's see, got a couple things. We're bringing this up. I have questions for today. Cool. Um, so today we're talking specifically about, I believe the mis- uh, moving on the future self. What's the what's the actual topic here? We're doing. Put that in the chat below for me, Archie. Yeah. How to own the mistakes of your past. Yeah. And um, so if you've got questions around how to own the mistakes of your past, I want you to put those below. Got a couple questions we'll run with in the group. Um, we may even make some time to bring somebody on if you guys want to get on with me as well. And let's get started here. Okay. The first one, it looks like it's from Shannon. Should be a five-day challenge guy. Um When do you stop trying to fix or apologize or right or wrong with anyone if you never get feedback from them when communication used to always be open? So the thing about this question is what you're what you're essentially asking is, is it if you've basically been apologizing till you're blue in the face? And I don't know about you, Joey, but like if you apologize to someone and they just like don't respond, it's frustrating, right? Because like we want to beat the the apology into them and we want them to reciprocate. But when they don't mm-hmm. reciprocate or when they don't forgive us, we feel what? Shame. So yeah. that's usually I'm, when I'm, you get stuck in that loop of just saying yeah. the same thing over and over in a different way, expecting a different yep. response. You start yep. to like get frustrated and get irritated and then your tone changes and it's a vicious cycle. 100%. And that keeps us stuck because we're really in our shame loop. You know, that, that loop you're talking about is our shame loop. And that shame loop is, is ultimately the thing that um, makes us really not be able to move forward. Um, and so when he's asking that question, I need to spotlight myself here real quick. There we go. All right. When he's asking that question, what he's really saying is like, I, I wanted to get through to her. He feels frustrated because mm-hmm. it's not getting through and, and he feels yeah. frustrated in that. So I think the first thing we have to acknowledge is 
number one, it's not your job to make the other person forgive you. Like you can't make her forgive you. Um, number two, you can't even make her acknowledge you, right? It, it's, it all comes from a place of control because when we want someone to forgive us, what we're really saying is I need to forgive myself. And I, I don't feel like you're allowing me to forgive myself. Guys, that's fucking gold right there. I don't, I don't know if you just picked that up. What we're really saying is I need to forgive myself and I need you to give me permission to forgive myself. Mm-hmm. I'm laughing because this is so profound. And if you can understand this about forgiveness and letting go, it's going to give you freedom when you show up with your wife, right? Because yep. if you're looking to her to answer that question of, is it okay if I'm forgiven? That's a problem. Just like we always say, your wife is not your happiness. The minute your wife becomes your happiness, you've lost your masculinity. You have lost your manhood. If she has the report card on you, you're always going to get Fs. And this is the view that disempowered men live in constantly until they do this work. Until they do this work where you start to get to the bottom of this shit and start to understand the depth of your pain, the depth of the, of the sort of the old disempowered nature and understand who they want to become clearly so they can become that man. And so a disempowered man is the kind of man that goes to her and is constantly asking for forgiveness over and over again. An empowered man asks for forgiveness once, just once he owns his shit. He acknowledges what he does and he activates a new standard in himself. That's it. He activates a new standard in himself. And if he doesn't activate that new standard, he hasn't taken ownership. Because ownership is about activating that new standard. As I said, guys, if you're hopping on, how to own the mistakes of your past is part of today's discussion. And so what Shannon asked was, you know, when do you stop trying to fix or apologize or right or wrong with anyone if you never get feedback from them? Here's the thing is that you can't right or wrong somebody doesn't want right. Like you can't make her accept your apology. You can't make her do the thing that you want to do. And that's frustrating for men because we get into this, this vicious spiral that has everything to do with our own view of our own self. And so if we view ourselves as less than worthy, if we view ourselves as shameful beings, because we fucked up, we messed up, we did these things and that person won't accept our apology. We're looking for the freedom and the validation that we are free from that person. And so we've given the power of our own forgiveness to another human being. That's dangerous. We've basically made that person God in our life. I don't care what your belief system is. I don't care if you believe in God, Jesus, Muhammad. I don't care what you are. But you've made a human God. And you've said, you are more important. I'm going to put your view of me higher than my own view of myself. And this is why men fail. Because what woman wants that power? None. I don't care how toxic she is. She doesn't want to be the validator of your existence. She doesn't want to be the person who holds the report card on you. She doesn't want to be the one that you look to for validation. It's dangerous. It's absolutely dangerous. Joe, you got any more thoughts on that before I move on? No, you hit the nail on the team, man. Feel free to move on to the next one. All right. Uh, Steven Fernandez, 
What if she always brings up your mistakes and trying to communicate with her? I believe you're here. You're here, Stephen? Yeah. How do we get you? Uh, let's, let's unmute you. I want to talk to you about this. All right, go ahead and share. So your question is, what if she always brings up your mistakes when you try to communicate with her? Tell me about that. Well, you know, she likes to you know, go down memory lane like that and the, all the things that I've done to her and like that and how I've destroyed her. Uh, so, you know, uh, I just want to move past forward like that and, and try to communicate, try to get to a, uh, you know, a better place like that, a uh, better understanding between the two of us like that. Uh, more or less, you know, we've both done wrong. And I, I acknowledge that I've done wrong to her, but it just, it's a constant thing always that she wants to bring up those things from, you know, the past and, and just keep on going with it. Like that, instead of just talking that right, you know, getting rid of the bull crap, you know, between us and just, you know, actually communicating. So is your, is your wife leaned into the marriage? Like, is she working on herself and like wanting to be better, go to therapy, counseling, et cetera? She's gone to therapy and she stopped. And okay. So not, that's not what I'm asking you. Is she yeah. currently doing that? No. Okay. So we have this exercise in Thrive called the Truth Serum. And the Truth Serum is right now is that your wife has leaned out of the marriage. And so my question is to you why are you talking about we and not talking about I? True. And so the reason why we're talking about we is just, you know, separating the things like that and trying to, trying to go our, our own separate ways. Yeah. So, in, but in your case, when you talk about this particular question, right, your question was specifically around, she's always bringing up the mistakes. She's always bringing up the past when you try to communicate with her. Right. So essentially what I hear from that is that when you're trying to communicate, she will bring up and throw shit at you from the past. Correct. And, and what you're asking is how do I deal with that? Right. Okay. And so in dealing with that, first, we have to acknowledge, number one, she's leaned out of the marriage. So rules of engagement dictate how we handle that partly um, by the fact that we have to have boundaries, right? And so the boundaries that we create for ourselves around this is, you know, I'm not here to talk about the past. I'm only here to talk about these things. Neutral Woman 101 says, I'm here to talk about these things. These things are finances, kids, logistics. That's it. Right. So whenever she brings up that conversation about other shit, what she's really saying is I'm still hurt and I don't know how to communicate. I'm hurt. So I'm going to project that shit onto you. Okay. Your job is to either accept or deny that because you have the ability to do that. And I guarantee what's been happening is you continuously accept it and you continue to eat her throw up on into you. That's literally what she's doing. She's throwing up into your mouth yeah. and you're swallowing it with pride. You don't like it, but you keep doing it. So if someone was throwing up in somebody else's mouth, what would you tell the person who's being thrown up on? Close their mouth. <laughs> kind of works, huh? Mm -hmm. Close your mouth, walk away. Dude, do you understand? Like you just answered your own thing. This yeah, is yeah, coaching. Yeah, that's why I tell her I don't want to go down memory lane with her. But you don't have to. That's your opening your mouth still. Yeah. True. But it takes it takes more heart. It takes more character. It takes more courage to shut your mouth. True. It's it's easy to say all the things. I don't want to do this. I don't want to do that. But yet you're still doing it. You're still engaging. Why engage? You don't know her that. 
when we teach communication and thrive, we use specifically, we use a power triangle, we use power statements. And, and, and those things are so powerful because you're basically putting yourself in a position where you can set a boundary. So it's like, Hey, this is not happening. I'm not going to engage with this conversation. Goodbye. And you can set the ground rules. Be like, Hey, whenever we're communicating, I don't want to talk about the past. This is the way it's going to be, but don't keep acknowledging it. Don't keep going back to the same thing. Cause that's what you keep doing. As you keep going back to it and you're like, man, why does she keep beating me up? Why does she keep throwing up in my mouth? Well, you keep opening your mouth. Cool. All right. Let's see another question here. Uh, Jerry Jenkins. How do you start over when you can't stand to be around each other for more than a few hours? Uh, It sounds like there's a lot of toxicity happening. I don't know if Jerry's on. Let me see. I don't see him in here. Um, So it sounds like there's a lot of toxicity, Jerry, happening in your situation. Um, you've been with your wife for 25 years and you basically can't stand each other. How do you start over? I, starting over with someone that you're in a toxic place, and especially that long, that's really hard to do. Um, the toxicity has to become ground rules um, and you both have to decide that. But I think it starts with you. I think it always starts with the man going, I'm refusing to engage in this toxic behavior. I'm refusing to engage in this, this tit for tat, back and forth shit. When I was going through my divorce with my ex-wife, there was a lot of toxicity. And I mean, a lot of toxicity. And it was a lot of domestic, there was some domestic violence. There was all kinds of shit happening. And I had to make the choice of saying, I'm going to close my mouth. I'm going to walk away. I'm not going to deal with this. And over time, what that taught her was, I'm not going to engage with your stuff. And so every time there's a toxic thing that ha- happens, it, it doesn't, it's not able to go anywhere. So for example, she could be texting all this bullshit to me. And instead of engaging with the text and responding, you don't respond. And over time, what that'll do is that'll teach them that it's not okay for you to make these types of statements or whatever. And you can set the boundary. Hey, it's not okay for you to talk to me this way. I'm not going to engage. It's just boundaries. Men severely lack boundaries. Boundaries are not for her. They're for you. Boundaries are not for the woman. They are for you. They're not meant to control her. So we have an exercise in Thrive called Boundaries Not Control, because so many times we want to make it around controlling her behavior. Uh, it's not okay for you to go out late at night. It's not okay for you to do these things. It's not okay for you. To, that's not boundaries. The boundaries are for you. When this happens, I feel disrespected. When you talk to me this way, I feel disrespected. Therefore, I would ask of you not to speak to me that way, in that tone, in that language. And if you do it continuously, I will walk away. I will remove myself from this conversation. It's literally that simple. It's hard because of the toxic codependent nature of these relationships. As my therapist once told me, there's a very, very, very thin line between love and hate. A very thin line between love and hate. And it's because we care so deeply for this other person. She cares deeply for you. Women don't yell at men if they don't care for them. It seems counterintuitive. It seems weird. No, it's the women who go complacent and have no emotion that you have to be really scared of because they literally don't give a fuck about you. But when there's vitriol and there's all that toxic stuff, that's just dysfunctional love. So when I say about manipulation, manipulation is your way of getting healthy needs met in an unhealthy way. So if your wife is manipulating you, that's her way of trying to get her needs met in an unhealthy way. So when she's yelling at you, she's screaming at you, she's doing all those things, that is her manipulation because she doesn't know how to articulate what she really needs and feels in a healthy way. She's afraid that you're not going to give that to her. And so therefore she gets upset. She gets frustrated. 
If you've ever felt frustrated, what is the frustration you're feeling? Unmet expectations. That's what a frustration is. I feel frustrated. Think about the expectation. What is my expectation? My expectation is that my wife wouldn't yell at me. My expectation is that we would have a calm, peaceful dinner. My expectation is my kids would do their homework. And so I'm frustrated because it's not happening. But men don't know how to deal with frustration. We bottle it. We internalize it. We turn it into shame. We turn it into blame. We lash out at people. Why? Because we don't have a fucking grid. We don't have a grid for how to deal with all these things. That's what we teach you in Thrive. And so if you want to know how to handle it, that's how you handle it. You handle it from that perspective. So can't stand to be around each other starts with the man removing himself, looking in the mirror, doing the work on himself, asking himself the deeper reflective questions so that when he does engage, he's not in the place of negativity, but can allow her the freedom of being negative without engaging. Like how many of you realize you can, your wife can be upset with you. She can be angry, but you don't have to engage. You don't have to fix it. It's fucking hard. It's like an addiction. We see them in that place and we just automatically want to fix. We want to do this. We want to reach out. We want to do these things so that she doesn't have to feel this. And here we are trying to play God. She's a grown ass adult. She is a grown woman. Unless you married a child, she's a grown woman. And she is going to have to figure things out for herself. You can't make that happen. That's the codependency that has to be ripped apart, guys. Because when you're in that codependent, toxic relationship, you feel like you have to do these things that you don't have to do. You really don't. All right. If we got any more questions, we just post them below. That's all the questions I have for today. Let's see if anybody else has got any more questions they'd like me to cover before we toss it for the day. No, no one's got any more questions. Okay. If you have any more questions, post them below. Um, like we always say, guys, uh, five-day challenge. <laughs> Some of you have done your five-day challenge probably months ago. And whether or not you've had a call with our team or not is up, is up to you. Um, but I can guarantee you the next step is that. Um, getting into Thrive is one of the most powerful positions you can put yourself in. Um, we want men to be put in a powerful position so that whether they receive their wife back and create a new marriage or they decide to move on from the marriage, they're in the most powerful position possible. And that comes through that process that we talk about, where it's all about neutralizing the power that your wife has over you. It's about taking ownership and it's about leading and becoming that type of man. So whether you've had a call or not, um, we'll put the link there below. We'd love to have you guys on and, um, and talk about what those next steps look, for, look like for you. Um, on that call, we're literally going to break down what you're going through, what is happening, and create a game plan. Whether that game plan is joining Thrive and moving into the next level for yourself or not, that's fine. But either way, we want to create a game plan. Um, that's my commitment to you, is that you're going to get value out of that call. Uh, if you've already had one and you're like, hey, man, I think I might be ready again to jump in, that's what I want to do. How to stay focused on the future positive vision of the ideal future. Love it. Aaron, that's a great question. Your future self is calling you. Your future self is calling you. Now it's whether, whether or not you're ready to accept your future self as, as a whole other idea, right? You have to embrace that future self. So staying focused on it has to do with jumping into new environments that is going to help you level up. If you're around an environment of people that are the same as you've always been, you're going to be the same as you always have been. 
Like it's not going to change. Putting yourself in an environment with other men who basically are going to call you up and call you out because they care about you, not to shame you. When you've got other guys around you who are doing things like working out, who are doing things like getting better sleep, who are doing things like eating better, whatever, whatever those things are, you're automatically going to start leveling up yourself. It's going to automatically start changing you or challenging you to transform into that empowered man. Um, that's what we pride ourselves on in our, in our groups, because we've basically been able to put together this group. I think our current roster is what 70, 80 guys right now that are in there of, of men. And not all of them are the highest performers in the world. These are guys that mostly average people who've decided not to be average anymore. And because of that sheer commitment to that vision of that future self, that's where the identity starts to shift. And so they've committed to that through investing in themselves at a higher level than they ever have before. And that investment comes with a huge return on their tiers, huge return on their time, uh, and a huge return, in my, in my opinion, on, on their investment. And they, and they tell us that. We actually track every man when we come in, sleep, we track their happiness, we track their communication, and we track their outlook on the future. On average, men are increasing sleep, happiness by at least 35 to 40%. Men are uh, increasing their outlook on life by another 20%, and they're increasing their communication skills by another 30 and 40% just in 90 days, just in 90 days. And the guys that do it beyond 90 days, because we got guys in our Thrive Plus program, six months, et cetera, it's, it's off the charts. I mean, why not sleep better? <laughs> I remember what it was like. I could not sleep when I was going through this. I couldn't sleep. I'd, I'd wake up from nightmares. I had all these dreams and visions about what my ex-wife was up to and all these things. I couldn't sleep, but you sleep better now. I wasn't eating at all. I lost like 20 pounds because I wasn't eating. I was literally like eating like a rabbit. I'm a big guy. I need more than rabbit food. And those are the things that happen when you engage with this new future. Hope that answers your question, Aaron. Um, guys, if you're wanting to discover more of what Thrive is and what it can do for you, there's the application. We're jumping in below. Um, any other questions that we've got before we uh, hop off? Talking about our future self here. Nope. All right. Well, I'll end it early then. If you guys don't have any other questions. Oh, there we go. <laughs> was one of the opening comments regarding forgiveness. Similarly, so I can start to forgive myself. Uh, Don, I don't know exactly which part I was talking about. I think I was referring to the fact that a lot of times we... Uh, A lot of times what we do is we, we, we are unable to forgive ourselves because we're looking for her to forgive us first. And that, that can't be, we, we really have to be at a place where we're forgiving ourselves before we ask for forgiveness from someone else. Uh, core values, Aaron, I'm not sure what you mean by core values. How do I respond to, she feels we have done everything possible to make it work when I know she has not done the work. Uh, Joel, there's nothing to respond to when she says that. Um, that's her, that's her choice. That's her decision. There's, there's nothing you can control about that. Cause really that's what you're asking is like, how do I make her see that she hasn't done the work? How do I convict her of her sin? That's what you're saying, Joel. And, and it just won't work. I mean, just call out that controlling bitch inside of you. Cause that's all that is just come to grips with the fact that you're trying to control her, trying to manipulate her, but getting her to see that she's not doing the work. 
Uh, Aaron, you're talking about vision statements operating from a value system rather than emotions. Yeah, I mean, this is this is one of the clear things we do in Thrive, right? Is we help you create that value system so that you're operating from that place of who you want to be in the future. Um, because too many of you are so focused on the short term. And guys, like I tell my sales team all the time, like if you get on with our, if you get on with our guys, and all you can talk about is like, oh, I just want to be a better man. I just want to, you know, I just want to not react so much. We're gonna call you out on that. Like, dude, your your goals are way too small for us. Like, we want men who go, I want to be transformed into the most empowered version of myself. I, I, I want to communicate better. I want to show up better for my kids. Um, I want to have more vision in my life. Um, I want to think bigger about who I want to become. And I don't care what your job is. I don't care what you do for a living. Like, you don't have to go change the world in some big ambitious thing. Sometimes changing the world for you is like being the best dad for your kids that they never had before, that you didn't have. I, I had this conversation with my son the other day. I was like, you know, he was, he was having an emotional moment and I was holding him and I said, son, do you feel safe? And he said, yeah. And I said, good. I said, I never really felt that from my dad. And he's like, what do you mean? I was like, I didn't feel safe in my dad's arms. And I said, I'm thankful I can bring that to you. And he's like, well, how did you learn to become that? I said, through other men. He's like, what do you mean? I said, I allowed my heart to be fathered by other men. See, fathering is not something that's just done by your father. Fathering is a spirit. It's a heart that can be done through other men regardless because only masculinity bestows masculinity per John Eldridge masculinity bestows masculinity. You can't get it from a woman. This is why when you take your question to a woman, it becomes either emasculation or addiction. When you take the question of, do I have what it takes? Am I a strong man? Am I a good man? If you take that to her, that's what it's going to specifically become. So your value system is super important. You got to come up with that value system. We do that and thrive. Uh, Duffy said, can you speak to detaching from the outcome? I still think about my situation every minute of the day. Yeah, dude, I totally understand this, Duffy. Um, especially the longer you've been married to a woman, I fucking understand this. It took me a while. <laughs> and even after my divorce, it took me a while. I, I'm, I'm the one who filed for divorce. Um, you know, the, the thing about it is, and, and this is what I like to teach on the concept of detaching from the outcome, is that you have to earn the right to detach from the outcome. And this is what's so powerful. Hey, make sure you meet, you guys, meet yourself, guys. This is what's so freaking powerful about. Um, Guys, make sure you're muted, please. What's so powerful about freedom is that if you earn the right to detach from the outcome, you can be free. Yeah, 27 years. And so detaching from the outcome for you looks like doing the work and going and not doing the work to save the marriage, but doing the work for you. If you do the work for you, the new marriage is a byproduct of you doing the work for you. Because ultimately, we cannot control the outcome of what your wife does. And I don't care what where you've heard this, whatever. Yeah. One person can say the marriage. I've heard all this bullshit before. And what it comes back to is, is, is manipulation. It's, it's a great sales pitch. I wish I could use it. I wish I could say, yeah, man, all you got to do is this and I'll save your marriage. Fuck that. I'm not a liar. And I'm not saying those people are liars too. I know some of them are great people, but what I focus on is you as a man and it, and is you being empowered. And the more empowered you are, that should attract your wife back to you. And if it doesn't, that's on her. Like, like that's, that's the freedom of this and, and the freedom of knowing that she's not the be all end all. And it might feel like that. I was married for 17, almost 18 years, four kids. And it felt like, I remember thinking, I'll never find another woman. She was my best friend and all this stuff. And man, I'm remarried. Joey knows my wife. It's, it's fucking amazing. I, I don't, I don't talk lightly about divorce. I never tell a guy he's got to do 
a, a divorce because I don't ever want to be the guy who says, yeah, yeah, divorce your wife. I, it's not my business. You, you got to do you. But I'm telling you, my story, the fucking grass was way greener and way more lush. And not because I got a better person, but because I became a better empowered man. And I was not able to function like that in my last marriage. And I recognize, I recognize the fact that I failed in that marriage. I do not blame my ex-wife at all for the failure of our marriage. I take 100% accountability, 100% responsibility, not fault, responsibility. Leaders are responsible. Shame people. Losers are at fault. I'm not talking about fault. I'm talking about responsibility. I take responsibility for it because I'm the leader. And so if you do everything you can for yourself, not for the marriage, Duffy, there's a big, big difference between the two. It is hard, but this, this right now is your next step of being a man. Like literally you are in the very next cusp of your, your own masculine journey. That's the beauty. I think of what we do here is because it's like many of us weren't fathered very well. Even if we had a dad, maybe he wasn't president, or maybe there was things he said to us that shamed us or whatever that created this false narrative in our, in our belief system. And maybe he was a good man, but there was some things he left out. This is the next level initiation for you. Every man craves to be initiated by other men. That's why we have thrive because in there, I mean, Joey's our lead coach in there. It, it is, it is a way more intimate experience where you are initiated by other men. And, and like, I can't even explain it other than the fact that you have guys that have your back 24 seven. We have guys that start businesses together. We have guys that fly to fly and meet each other. We're, we have our, we have our, uh, uh, our first in-person event here in May coming up for those guys here in, in uh, Phoenix. So if you're part of that, you'll get an invitation um, because that's what we wanted to create. My, my whole vision behind empowered man was to eradicate loneliness in the hearts of men because too many men are fighting this battle alone. And that's why I had last weekend, two men that I know of took their lives going through this shit because they didn't have anybody and they felt alone. I'm tired of that. I'm fucking done with that. And not only just the, the, the mental health side of it, but the freedom and the joy that comes from being with other men. That's why we do what we do. We want you to experience freedom and wholeness at a whole new level. All right, guys, if nobody else has any more questions, if you hope they helped, um, I'm gonna let you guys go. It is that time. I will see you on the other side. We'll do this again next week, every Tuesday. We'll be doing it here. We're not doing the free group anymore, only for five-day challenge, guys. All right, we'll see you. Hey, thanks again for joining us on this episode of Empowered AF 2.0. If you're new here, thanks for checking out this episode. And I encourage you to take a visit back to the first episodes in this podcast. Look, we have over 50 episodes on the foundations of how to be an empowered man. I'm talking about in your relationship with your wife, your kids, your work, your boss, whoever and whomever. And I highly suggest you take some time to listen and gain some insight and knowledge from those episodes. And hey, if you want to connect with me deeper, be sure to check out the Empowered Man group. That's empoweredman.co slash group empoweredman.co slash group for latest information and to join our group of other men who are wanting to be empowered just like you. Until then, this is Mark signing off, Empowered AF 2.0.